guys, it's Sim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 19th of January 2021 to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. Now, I know I didn't do a Raw review. I wasn't feeling good. I've actually been sick, but I'm over that other than stuffed up nose a little and still scratchy throat. So if I sound weird, that's why. Still got the scratchy throat. And my nose is still plugged up. But other than that, I'm feeling good. I'm ready to talk about this Dynamite show that went... Peak, 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 peak. Then it was good. Then it leveled off to all right. And then... That's how I felt. That's how I felt with tonight's show. That it started off really good. They had some good stuff at the beginning. Then it peaked. And then it leveled off to where it's not bad. And then it... Because again, that main event match was not a main event. Yeah, Sting did a dive through a table. Where he took all of that table. We'll talk about it here in a moment. But it's just like, that main event, uh, that match was announced. And they go, oh, that'll be a cool, cool, cool match. Put it in the middle of the show. Then they said it's the main event. I go, man, if uh, I didn't have to watch the whole show. And I know this is, I know people get tired of, of us people that review all these shows saying this all the time. But it's like, if I didn't have to watch this whole show, I probably would have turned it off by that main event. To be honest, I was not looking like I can't say I wasn't looking forward to the match. It's just not a match that I go, oh, I need to stay through the whole thing to see this match. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But with that, regardless, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and Twitter.com forward slash PW Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out either by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription, just like Cold Cuts KC recently did, or, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to, as well as free games, like right now, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and you get free stuff for games like uh, Fall Guys, Valorant, New World, and so forth. But if you say, I don't got Amazon Prime, well, you got to know somebody that does. You got to know somebody that you can get their account info, go, hey, can I borrow your login? It's not going to cost you anything, whether it's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your daddy, your uncle, your cousin. Somebody that you go, hey, let me borrow your Amazon login for Amazon Prime, whether that's video or shipping. And then I'm going to use it on Twitch. Not going to cost you anything extra. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel there by hitting that join button down below and becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcasts, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Plus, remember, subscribe patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited to get those same, same benefits and head over to the Epic Game Store. Go to the Epic Game Store, whether you're buying a new game like Rainbow Six Extraction that comes out tomorrow, like Guardians of the Galaxy, like... Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. It's going to ask you on checkout, you got a creator code, and you do PW Unlimited. Even when you're claiming the free games, 
It'll ask you for creator code to support us right here. Or if that's in the Fortnite launcher when you're getting V-Bucks or Rocket League. When you're buying skins for your cars, use the code PWUnlimited. doesn't cost you anything extra, and you will be supporting us here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But let's get into it and talk about AEW Dynamite. Whew. So the show opens up with like one of the best promos we've seen in a very long time from me. And and I almost don't want to use this reference, but I will pent up John Moxley. Wild thing plays over the building in DC as the fans are chanting, Welcome back. Moxley makes his way through the crowd. <clears throat> and as he gets into the ring, you hear a fan. Because Moxley gets into the ring. And everybody except for one person shuts up. Like this place, you could hear a pin drop. Like you could hear a person fart through the camera. How quiet these people got when Moxley grabbed the microphone. Like they got, like you would say, oh, that's a WWE show. They're quiet because they don't like what they're saying. No, this was quiet because they wanted to listen. This was quiet because they wanted to hear what this man had to say. Like, holy smokes. But as Moxley's getting ready to speak, we get a heckler. I don't know exactly what he said, but I think he said something along the lines of get that piece of trash out of the ring or a piece of crap out of the ring, something like that. And so, and hold on, I think, I think he said, I think you hear the fan faintly say, get that piece of crap out of the ring. Where Moxley proceeds to say, hey, go fuck yourself, get him out of here. And then Moxley cuts a promo. Where he talks about, hey, sometimes we fall. We mess up. We need to get picked back up. And you shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. He says that he has a lot of scars. But the important ones are the scars inside that people can't see. Those are the scars that, quote, make us the people we are. Nobody should be ashamed of that. So there are plenty of people willing to write him off going into the new year, but he doesn't run from his demons. He says he beats the shit out of them. He says to everybody who supported him, thank you. And in 2022, Moxley says he will grab the world of professional wrestling by the balls and do whatever he wants. He said, quote, now, more than ever, I am truly free. Moxley would go on to say that he's been to hell and there's nobody in all elite wrestling that can put him through anything worse. He says he's thirsty. And if you think he was dangerous before, these days, quote, all I drink is blood. I thought this was a great promo. And it was it's just telling on what the fans think of Moxley, how much they respect him for how quiet they were. Like, they were silent. And then he said a couple things, and they clapped for him. They didn't like, no, it was like a respectful. And then they got quiet again. And then, uh, and then when you knew, when they, when they realized, okay, he said the bloodline, and then they're like, oh, he got out of the ring, the promo's over. And then they blew up for him. But it, it, I don't know the last time, if ever, I can say, that in watching pro wrestling, I have seen somebody get into a ring, grab a microphone, and everybody just, minus the heckler guy. 
but that was something to be seen. If you didn't see it, you need to go back and watch, even if just for that, for how amazing that was. Not just what he said and his promo and all that, which is fantastic, but just the way that crowd respected John Moxley and was just sitting there listening to his every word. It was fantastic. MJF and Wardlow were in the locker room. MJF called out CM Punk for being a coward. But he said the real reason for this was to apologize to Wardlow. It's Wardlow's birthday, and MJF is sorry, however. Wardlow put his hands on MJF, and for that, he's going to dock him pay. With that being said, he believes in Wardlow, just like he believes in Sean Spears against Punk tonight. And I got to talk about this. We're going to fast forward a little bit through this show. We'll come back. But I'm so sick and tired of this whole, oh, I own you and I own your contract and I pay you and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Who believes this bullshit? Like the Hardy family office, which is now the Andrade Hardy family office. Who believes this stupid ass shit? The whole MJF owns Wardlow's contract. He's the one that actually pays him. Matt Hardy pays the butcher, the blade, the bunny, and... and Private party. I forgot their names. You rarely ever see them. It's like, what? And if, if, we, if, we, if we shoot forward a minute, about 40, hour and a half, I need to talk about this now because it's the dumbest, stupidest shit I've seen on wrestling in a very long time, I tell you what. So they're in the stairs. You know, Matt Hardy, and he's got private party there with him, and I think there's one or two other people, and Andrade. And Matt Hardy goes, I have a major announcement. I've decided to sell 51% of the Hardy family office to Andrade. We are now the AHFO. Andrade will now be our new president, but I, Matt Hardy, will still remain as the CEO in charge of day-to-day operations. And I go, what? You're the what for the who and the data? What? No. This is some of the stupidest shit. I've seen in wrestling in a very long time. Like, you're going to tell me that they're not contracted to AEW, they're contracted to Matt Hardy or MJF or now Andrade because he owns 51% of the HFO? Get the fuck out of here with this stupid-ass shit. What are these... Supposed to be little mob groups or something? Oh, I've, I've sold I've sold fifty one percent of my my company to Andrade. No, no, this is some of the stupidest stuff. Tara Bubba says, "What is AHFO?" Well, HFO was the Hardy family office. Now the AHFO is the Andrade Hardy family office. Like. Andrade just bouncing from person to person because they don't know what to do with that motherfucker. He's just bouncing from group to group, person to person. I thought he was teaming with uh, with Malachi Black. What happened to that? Oh, Black said, screw you, my buddy Brody's available. No. This is some stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. And I've never liked it. The whole, the whole time with MJF and Wardlow, I've never liked this. And I've said it in the past. It's stupid that 
Wardlow has to listen to MJF because MJF owns his contract. No, Tony Khan owns his contract. Stupid. If they want this to be taken seriously as real sports stuff at times, don't give us this dumbass stuff. Now, in if maybe there's a day when they go, AEW's broken up into, into all factions and stuff, and there's a coach and a leader and an owner for each faction, like the NFL or something, then maybe you could try to do something like that. But there's not. They're not, and it's stupid, and it's dumb. AEW tries to, they try to do too much with their factions and groups. So much so that it's just overdone and stupid. But as we move on, we got our first match of the night. No, since Saturday, don't try to put logic on it. Because that's just, and I'm, I'm sorry if I offend you here, but that's somebody being an AEW fanboy, an AEW loyalist, an AEW sucker-upper trying to make justifications for the things that others think that is dumb in, in AEW. I'm kind of over people like that. There's a lot of fans like that that people criticize AEW, but they go, but if you look at it this way, or if you look at it this way, it makes sense because, no, it doesn't. It, it, just, it just doesn't. But as we move forward, Adam Cole and Britt Baker taking on the team of Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. And this match, like the show, had its crescendo and then its brrrr. Match was pretty good and entertaining to start off. I liked the dynamic of Britt was going to start, and she goes, nope, Adam. And then Adam Cole's ready to fight Orange Cassidy. Britt, you're back in. So then they have to keep switching in and out, getting in the heads of Statlander and Cassidy. I really liked that. And so we're going, and best friends are actually in control here at one point. Statlander picks up a baker for a delayed vertical suplex that she barely got her up for, but she holds her there for a while before Orange Cassidy pushes them both over. They then took out Cole and Baker at ringside. They celebrated for a little too long, but this was actually a cool spot because they're on the apron, and they both put the hands up. Orange Cassidy puts the hands in the pockets, and I'm going to say it. You guys are probably going to say Oh, I thought you don't like Orange Cassidy. I don't like the gimmick, but I will say that Orange Cassidy can do things in a ring just as good as anybody. Orange Cassidy is a phenomenal professional wrestler. I'm just not a fan of the gimmick of the kick lightly, kick lightly. Because he did it to Britt, where he's like, the referee's like, you can't touch her, you can't touch her. And so he like taps her with his feet. And then she stomps his foot. And I'm like, wait, he still technically touched her? Yeah, okay, whatever. So, Chris Statlander does a nice little backflip shooting star thing off the apron onto Britt where Cassidy falls onto uh, Adam Cole and they celebrate for a minute with a hug, but then they turn around and super kicks to the face, which then leads to a kick or a kiss, I mean, between Adam Cole and Britt Baker as we go to commercial break. Then we come back from the break and the match slowly started to dip for me here. But once back, it just felt like, all right, we need to, Set up, all right, three, two, one, spot. Now set up, three, two, one, spot. Now set up, three, two, one, spot. That's what the, the second half of this match really felt to me was, okay, we got the fun stuff out of the way. Now it's just high spot. Now set it up, high spot. Now set it up, high spot. So once back, Orange Cassidy reached Statlander for a hot tag. She ran wild on Baker before hitting a blue thunder bomb for a two. Baker came back with a cradle and a neck breaker landing to, uh, leading to both women tagging and their partners. Cole hit an enziguri, but Orange came back with a stunner. 
Baker got a blind tag and landed the curb stomp on Orange, but, but then Statlander cut her off. Uh, she climbed the ropes, but Cole crawled over onto Baker to prevent Statlander from attacking. Statlander hit the area 451 anyways, then Orange hit the beach break on Cole for a good near fall. Orange wanted the orange punch, but Cole rolled onto the ramp and uh, downed him with a super kick. Cole wanted the Panama Sunrise, but Statlander pushed Orange back into the ring. Baker then blind, blindsided her with a super kick and, destroyer, and a destroyer on the ramp. Back in the ring, Cole hit the Panama Sunrise on Orange for a go uh, another good near fall. Cole and Baker set up uh, the timekeeper's table. And we all knew it was coming here once Britt jumped up on the apron. Britt Baker's standing up on the apron. She's standing there, table right behind her, but she's still just standing there. And Orange Cassidy bumps the ropes, bumps Britt. She falls through the table. Referee goes to check on her. Adam Cole gives him the low blow, hits the boom, and picks up the victory. So it's like, eh, kind of a, a lame finish, to be completely honest. From the back, Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz talking about their upcoming match next week. They also talked about Eddie Kingston and how Jericho doesn't care about Eddie Kingston, but Santana and Ortiz do. Santana asked if Jericho was the reason they're not tag champs. They said, we've always been helping you and we've always had your back in this and that, but what have you really done for us? We'll be with you next week against Garcia in 2.0, but we'll see. So it's a can they coexist kind of a deal. In the back to send it to Adam Cole, who is furious with Orange Cassidy. He said that Orange Cassidy put his hands on Britt Baker tonight. And I go, well, technically it was his feet. And technically it was his back when he bumped off the ropes intentionally and in knocking her down. But cool, whatever you want to say, bro. Anyways, he says that I've beaten you in singles matches. I've beaten you in tag team matches, but I can't get you off my back. And I go, well, no, you really can. You just walk away and go fight somebody else. He goes, but next week, beach break. I propose it's a lights out match. And I go, that'll be fun. I'll enjoy that, but that better be it. And it looks like once a year, AEW's going to do the lights out match. I know 2019, I think they did two. And then 2020... I don't remember what lights out match they did in 2020. Last year, the lights out match was Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And then this year, so far, one lights out match set. It will happen next week. Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole. Next up, it was CM Punk versus Sean Spears. MJF came out on commentary. There was a video package for Punk and Spears that aired and was about five times longer than this match. The bell rings. Ding, ding, ding. Punk, GTS, one, two, three. Wins in five seconds. MJF, furious. MJF runs down to the ring and gets in. Tried to attack Punk from behind as Punk was up on the ropes. Punk sees him, jumps down, grabs the Burberry scarf. MJF runs away without his scarf. Punk puts the scarf on. I thought that would have been a fantastic way for this show to end. MJF up on the ramp yelling at CM Punk as Punk's up on the ropes with a scarf. I thought that would have been a fantastic Way to end this show. But no, we had to end it with Sting and Darby. And Darby didn't even work most of that. We'll talk about that crap match. And I, 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 I don't want to call it a crap match. I was bored through most of it. 
But a, a not that great match, I will say. So in the back, Billy Guns in the, in the loading docks waiting for Christian Cage and goes, hey, I know you're allowed to show up whenever you want, so I've been waiting here all day for you, but uh, I need to talk to you. Your boys are the tag champs. My boys, they're ranked in the top five, and your guys say they'll face anybody in the top five, so how about giving my boys a shot? Christian goes, now, I know, you probably talk to kids a lot. Austin, Colton, they're great. But just like you, I don't think they have what it takes to win the big one. And I go, hold the phone. Win the big one. Billy Gunn is a former one-time Intercontinental Champion, former two-time Hardcore Champion, former 12-time WWE Tag Team Champion, and the winner of the 1999 King of the Ring. Which big one didn't he win? Probably a, a number of big ones, but there's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, like 20 big ones he won there. I mean, 12 tag title matches, and that's just ones that he won the titles in. Five matches in King of the Ring, a bunch of other matches here. I don't Whatever. But he basically tells Billy Gunn that you ain't got the stuff and your kids don't either. So the kids attack Christian. And they leave him laying. So next up, we get Cody. During the break, Cody set up a big-ass ladder. A big-ass ladder. Like, so big that the part of the ladder that you knock up to keep the ladder together, like, standing, above Cody's head. And Cody's a good 6'2", 6'3". Cody goes, you know, CM Punk back in the day had his famous pipe bomb. And I talked about revolutionizing the business, so maybe I need to have mine tonight. Talked about comebacks and this and that. And I thought Cody was turning heel here. Like, this really felt like almost a heel turn the way Cody started yelling at the fans. Because the fans are just sitting there, Cody sucks, Cody sucks, Cody sucks. And Cody said, in turn, he led this revolution. He is the real forbidden door. He says, quote, you want to know why I won't turn heel? He says, because the fans cheered him when he needed, fans cheered him when he needed it most. He said, quote, before there was a forbidden door, I was the one that built it. But he said, I've only been gone for weeks, for two weeks, and all this stuff, is changing in AEW. He says, we're not in the business of changing people's names like like Gilbert McGillicuddy or whatever they call him now, like making a shot at Gunther, Walter. He goes, but you got to have some balls to come to AEW and call yourself Brody. And I'm like, really? You had to make a shot at WWE here for the whole Walter Gunther thing or Gunther? No, no, it, it, no. But I see this ladder and then I go, oh, I know what this is. WrestleMania 10. Oh, wait, no, it's not. It's AEW copying WWE again. He turns his attention to the TNT Championship and says, in AEW, or she says, no. He says, for the last 20 years or more, we have been taught that if a title doesn't say world on it, It's secondary. But in all elite wrestling, we don't have secondary championships, except when there are two of one title. That brings my attention to Sammy Guevara and the TNT Championship. He said, Tony Khan 
has sent out the contracts. Not the contract I wanted, though, but he has sent out the contracts for a match next week at Beach Break to unify the TNT Championship, says he's climbing up the ladder, saying all of this. In the stands at the top of the ladder, well, three-quarters of the way up, holds up the TNT title, and the crowd cheers. And it was officially announced later, ladder match, Cody, Sammy, TNT title unification match. Pop Rob Bubba says, pipe bomb our directory. I have no clue what that means. Going forward in the back, Tony Schiavone was talking with Jade Cargill, Mark Sterling, and Anna Jay and John Silver, where they basically set up that Anna Jay wants to challenge for the TBS championship. Jade says, uh, they said that Jade has issued an open challenge, and Anna Jay is a top-ranked competitor and is accepting that challenge. Mark Sterling dismissed Anna Jay, but John Silver hyped her up. Jay said that she will do whatever it takes to win this, to win the title. She said, you saw what I did. I wrapped a barbed wire around my arm just to win a match. Just think what I'll do to win that. And Jade Cargill goes, that's cute. But just remember, this stands for That Bitch Show. PBS. Next up, we have the Kings of the Black Throne. Malachi Black and Brody King taking on the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. This is Brody King's debut match. In all elite wrestling. So he was surprised early on with the forearm by Pillman, but Pillman hesitated on a springboard due to failing at one last uh, failing to do one last week. King took out the blondes at ringside, and Black isolated Pillman in the ring. King then hit Dante's Inferno and picked up the quick victory. This match was like two, three minutes, if that. If that. And yes, my voice is still kind of going. Uh, after this match, Pac appears on the screen and keeps talking more about how he was blinded by Malachi, but can still see Malachi very clearly. He's called him, quote, a self-obsessed and power-hungry man. In the back, we've got a Lance Archer video. And then Jake Roberts spoke on his behalf, saying Archer won't wait in line anymore. Hangman Page offered him a world title match. Roberts said that it's time for Page to, quote, bite the dust. They also said that Adam Page is not a real cowboy. And I loved Page's line in this promo video where he goes, say I'm not a real cowboy. The cowboy Bob Orton go home every day and herd the cattle? I loved that line. I loved that where he's like, cowboy Bob Orton go home each week and herd the cattle? No. Next up, we got the Cutler Cam. It was Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. They're saying, hey, Brandon, are we live? We're on? We're good? Okay. Rocky said that, yeah, best friends are tired of losing to the elite, so we got to bring back, well, Rapongi Vice. Because Rapongi Vice has beaten the Bucks multiple times as they went on to challenge the Bucks to a tag team match. And, whoa, yes, give me this. I'm all for it. Rapongi Vice against the Young Bucks. These matches in New Japan were something to be seen. Fan freaking Fantastic. Next up, we had Lance Archer versus Frankie Kazarian, where basically he didn't last long. Archer just beat his ass and beat his ass and ass and ass and ass and ass and beat him, 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 beat him down, folks. So this match went like seven or eight minutes, but nothing happened because it was just Kazarian getting his butt whooped. 
until finally they were like, all right, pin him, beat him. And then after the match, Tony Schiavone asked about their relationship with Dan Lambert as far as Archer goes. Lambert blew him off and addressed Hangman rambling and rambling and rambling before Archer blew him off and goes, you know what, I'm just going to show you what I'm going to do to you. So he goes and grabs a chair and throws it on the ramp. He then goes and grabs Kazarian and throws him on the ramp. And then I thought this was a nice little touch. Frankie's limp. Like he's just a limp body. And he picks up Frankie and he's like, don't worry. You can hear him faintly, but you can hear him say this. He's like, don't worry. Kaz, it'll all be over soon. Don't worry. Just let me do this and it'll all be over soon. He goozles him. Like he's going to choke slam him through the chair or whatever. And out comes the hangman. Hangman comes out and gets face-to-face with the monster. The murder hawk monster. They're face-to-face. He hands his belt over to the, to the referee. Slaps. Lance Archer across the face. Archer backs up for a second. When he comes back at Paige, Paige hits him in the face with his boot. Paige is then waiting patiently to try the buckshot. Jumps in, but he doesn't hit the buckshot. He gets laid out by, by um, Archer. The two, he then throws some shots at Archer. And Archer goes running with Lambert and um, Jake Roberts as the segment ends. A little effective segment. I thought it went on a little too long as far as the stuff with Kaz and Archer in the ring. Like, that match did not need to go, like, almost seven minutes, eight minutes. But it's like, eh, whatever. Also, a weird a weird camera cut here. They're up on the ramp doing Archer's entrance. And he's, like, up on the ramp, and Jake's right behind him, and then he points over. And as we see Dan Lambert slowly start to come into frame, it just cuts. And Archer's just in the ring telling Kaz, get in here, boy. Get in here. Really weird. Dante Martin, Matt Seidel, and Lee, as as um, Alex Marvez calls him, Lee Moriori. Moriori. He's like, I'm here with. He goes, I'm here with Dante Martin, Matt Seidel, and Lee Moriori. And I go, can this guy be any more? I'm reading the cue cards, and I'm a mic stand. Like I said it earlier, and like this guy has been with AEW since the beginning. And all he is is a cue card reader and a microphone stand. And he hasn't gotten any better in the last two and a half, three years. But anyways, Dante said that since his brother's been out, other people have had his back. Matt Seidel, Lee Moriarty, they're like brothers to him. And then we cut it, and it goes to Team Taz. And Ricky Starks goes, Dante, what what the, what, you, you got how many brothers around here? You think everyone's your friend. You got a little little brother complex where you think everybody's supposed to be nice to you. Well, that ain't the case. Hobson says you need somebody to watch your front, your back, and your side to side. Because Team Taz, we build assassins. So then we got more of this Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch stuff, and Red Velvet's involved. And I don't know what this is because it's like they kind of reference it on Dynamite every week, but it's really a dark thing. And I guess Layla Hirsch is turning heel because she... Attacked Red Velvet, and then Chris Statlander went to check on Red Velvet, and Red Velvet was laying there, so she goes down on her, and then Layla jumps on Statlander, and I'm like, what? Huh? Who? What? Okay, cool. The referee breaks this all up. Next up, we have Serena Deeb versus Sky Blue. This match was not that good at all. Deeb was very cocky. He out-wrestled Sky Blue, and she beat her with the Serenity Lock. Not much more to say, because again, I... This match was boring and not that good. 
Like, why does Serena Deeb need to take four or five fake steps just to run? It's like, do-do-do, and then runs. Do-do-do, and then runs. It's like the, the thing that people used to say back in the day about Becky Lynch when she was first getting her, her chops cut on WWE television. Why does Becky need to take 50 million steps to go four steps across the ring? Like, why does she need to take three steps in place? Like Serena Deeb, almost every time she ran the ropes tonight, she took like three or four steps in place and then ran. Like, like she's the the roadrunner. She's got to wind up her wheels and then go. I don't fucking know. Got more Dan Lambert. He's in the back with Ethan Page of Scorpio Sky. He talked about how, well, they needed a, there needs to be a challenger for Moxley at Rampage, and old Ethan Page wants to be that challenger. Speaking of Rampage, we've got some matches announced for the show. John Moxley versus Ethan Page. Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice. Hook versus Serpentico. And I think they said Jade versus Anna Jay for the TBS Championship, but they never showed a graphic that I saw. So I'm not 100% sure on that one. They then aired a Hook vignette. Then we got some stuff announced for next week's show, Beach Break, AEW Dynamite Breach Break. TNT Championship Unification Ladder Match, Cody Rhodes against Sammy Guevara. A Lights Out Match, Adam Cole versus Hangman Page. Uh, Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz against Daniel Garcia in 2.0. And Layla Hirsch against Red Velvet. Also, yes, I know since Saturday, not like I said that they were filming it tonight. I didn't say anything about it not being live. Going forward, we had the whole thing where we talked about with Andrade and Matt Hardy and that stupid-ass stuff, i tell you what. And then, got a video that aired of the acclaim, mocking Sting and Darby's black-and-white vignettes. Then we got this match. It was Darby Allen and Sting against the acclaimed. This match, I was bored through it. So the acclaim attacks during Sting's entrance. They wrap a chair around Darby's neck and send him into the ring post. Officials are called, doctors are called, and they bring Darby to the back. So, match hasn't even started yet, and Sting just goes, all right, I'll take him on one-on-one. We'll do a handicap match. And I go, oh, no. Sting held his own, fighting off both men of the acclaimed. Bowens avoided a Stinger splash, and Sting met a dropkick for a two. The acclaimed isolated Sting and beat him down through a commercial break. Once back, Sting landed simultaneous clotheslines and a scorpion, and locked on a scorpion deathlock, but Bowens broke it up, attacking Sting with the boombox on the outside. The Acclaim looked to attack with steel steps, but Darby would reappear jumping off the steel steps and da- uh, tackling down Caster. And I go, oh, who saw that coming? Everybody. Everybody. AEW does that a lot, where they'll take somebody away just to bring them back towards the end. Darby got the hot tag and landed a coffin drop on both members of the Acclaimed on the outside. And then hit a code red for a near fall. Darby locked Caster in a hanging guillotine, but Caster reached Bones for the tag. Uh, the mic drop followed, but Sting broke up the pin attempt. Oh, I feel like I'm going to sneeze, but it won't come out. At one point, Sting is up on the stage, and they're like, what is Sting doing? What is Sting doing? And I think it was Bowens was like kind of up over the table at the, the ring timekeeper's area. And Sting dives off the stage and he takes the whole brunt of the table because Bowen's like, I don't know if Bowen's moved or just wasn't positioned right. I don't know. Sting's lands a 
Lands a dive through the table. Back in the ring, Darby hits a stunner, coffin drop, and picks up the victory. With that, that's the show. It ends with Sting and Darby Allen celebrating in the ring, and it's over. And I go, okay, that was your main event. I get it. Sting! It's Sting on TBS! I get it. Wrestling on TBS for the first time in like three decades, two decades. But that's not a match that most people were looking forward to as far as I'm going to stick around this whole show just to see Sting and Darby take on the acclaimed. No. I honestly, and I know my opinion may not matter, but I thought it would have been a cooler thing to end the show on CM Punk with with MJF's scarf around his neck. I thought that would have been a cooler way to end this show. You the quick squash. You then have the, the little squabble with MJF and Punk really fast where Punk gets the, 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 the scarf. And then he's wearing it as the show goes off the air. That would have been a very cool visual to end this show. But instead, they do that in the first 45 minutes of the show, and most people forget about it. Most people forget the, uh, the image of Punk with the scarf around his neck. But if it's in the main event segment, if it's the last thing we see on the show, then people would remember it better. Because what is Sting and Darby versus the Acclaimed? A rampage thing that kind of brought brought over to the main show? Like, really? It's not a main event worthy thing. I, I Again, I get why they did it. Sting on TBS. Just like the first time Sting wrestled on TNT, it had to be a main event match. But does it really have to be a main event match? Um, this person says, y'all never need to criticize WWE for not using talent when I still ain't seen my boy Jay Lethal yet on Dynamite. Did you not watch the show last week? Did you not watch the show last week? And if you say you've never seen Jay Lethal on Dynamite, then you've never been watching this show. Jay Lethal's first match was a title match on Dynamite against Sammy Guevara. And last week, he actually pulled Ricky Starks off of the apron to help Dante Martin, which I was kind of shocked he wasn't in that Dante Martin backstage thing. But again, again, I don't know what your point is there. Gabriel Perez says, is Sean Spears main event worthy? Yes and no, because this ain't about Sean Spears. It's about MJF and CM Punk. It's about getting that story and that being main event worthy. Sean Spears lost in five seconds. It's not the story we're telling. The story we're telling is Punk and MJF. And Punk and MJF and Punk standing there with the with MJF's scarf, the last thing you see on the show, is a more impactful visual than just Sting and Darby. You know what I mean? Uh, Gabriel Perez, you say that, but they have they announced that? No. So don't don't be saying things that you don't know. That that looks like a possible direction, Gabriel. But don't be putting stuff in the chat that's not correct or not officially announced or that you're just pulling out your ass. Versus says, who's your pick to become the unified TNT champion? Cody or Sammy Guevara? Also, before we get to the text messages, gotta get to, well, the polls first. Remember, we got polls, top of the chat. But also, you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Or as the Twitch poll does go, 
50% thought the show was just all right, and 50% did not like it. Oof. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 56.8% liked the show. 24.3% thought it was just all right, and 18.9% did not like tonight's show. And finally, as far as the YouTube poll, 62% liked the show. 28% thought it was just all right, and 10% did not like tonight's Dynamite. As far as the text messages here, again, that number is 510-906-1341. Again, this person asked, who do you think will be the unified TNT champion, Cody or Sammy Guevara? So here's the thing. I think it will be Sammy, but don't start the whole, oh my God, Cody's not the champ. Does that mean he's really leaving? There's nothing to look into with that. Cody's not leaving AEW. But I think Sammy retains the titles next week. Retains the title, becomes a unified TNT champion. And I also hope they don't go forward with calling it the unified TNT championship either. But this person says, uh, since Beach Break is next week and it's in Cleveland, do you see Johnny Gargano in AEW? No. I really don't. I don't think so. Chris says, is Joey Janela still signed with AEW? Also, do you think tonight's episode took too many shots at WWE? Well, I only meant I only noticed one shot at WWE, maybe two. And as far as Joey Janela, I believe his contract, actually, I can tell you right now, he is still signed to AEW as we speak. And his contract is not up till May. Um, pulling up this next text. Why won't it load? It says, I think AEW did good tonight. Do you think Roderick Strong went out, went out his WWE con? Okay, first off, if you can't write properly, I'm not going to read it. And secondly, he's signed to WWE for at least like two and a half more years. He ain't going anywhere. He ain't going anywhere. Unless they release him. and I don't think they will. Um, Who do you see Tony Khan signing next to the company? Also, I'd like to see Josh the Good Woods come to WWE, be in the Men's Royal Rumble. Might be a good chance. I don't think so as far as Josh was going to be in the rumble he's somebody that if they're going to bring him in they're going to start him in NXT not in a rumble and as far as who do they sign next to AEW honestly if, if it was up to me I wouldn't sign anybody else to AEW I think that they have a good roster now too many people don't sign anyone else other than maybe I mean if, if I'm going to sign anybody to AEW it's it's Johnny and Taya I want to sign anybody. It's Johnny and Taya. They're, they're game changers for sure. Other than that, versus how much longer will Britt Baker be the champion? Good question. I don't know. Maybe May, double or nothing. She drops the title. 
And finally, this last text message says, where's Miro been and why, and why do they sign so much talent? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I think Miro's been out working. He's been uh, dealing with an injury. Miro's been out dealing with an injury. But with that, Gabriel Press is Samoa Joe. We don't know what Samoa Joe wants to do. Does he want to continue to wrestle? I mean, I assume since he signed back with WWE and Triple H last year to continue to wrestle and become NXT champion. So yeah, Samoa Joe would be somebody that I would sign. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know what his status is. Because he was not wrestling in WWE and had to drop the, the NXT title for a reason. We still don't know. I don't even know if he's cleared. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Lita ain't going to AEW. She's going to be in the Rumble. Lita going to AEW. You crazy kids and your theories that you like to make up. But with that, guys, have a great night. I'm going to be live later playing some games. Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. So head over there. Hit that, hit that follow button so you know when I go live. Have a good one, guys. I'll see you later.